Hey, welcome in everybody to the Coach Bo Knows Podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisor Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisor Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter. Our handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. Check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bo Knows Show. You'll find it there. And you can email us anytime at Coach Bo Knows Show at gmail.com. Today is episode 89, and I'm so happy that in person, here at the undisclosed location of the O'Connor Advisor Group Studios, we get to have our normal .5 co-host, Ellen Wigginter, the co-host, the gracious, gracious co-host, the <laughs> great legs, the even greater mind, the whole shebang, in-house. So, yeah. Thank you so much. I know you're in town for business and uh, made it a little extra time to come by and see you. Thank you so much. Hey, no, this is awesome. It's uh, This is our second live podcast in person that we've done together yeah we did the first one at your place yeah so uh it'll be good and we've got fun things with uh, the nba cha- nba championships having closed out on monday to discuss yeah we got a lot on the plate here so uh let's get into it i, I want to first before we jump out of here i want to take one of our great sponsors DraftKings. i want to thank DraftKings for sponsors all through the nba playoffs and i want to thank them for paying me out and everything <laughs> hey, and i want to thank them for the extra money because your boy got hooked up nice um i you know i placed the big bet at the mm-hmm. beginning of the uh at the finals i yeah. took the nuggets, the nuggets yep and then game two i doubled down but i doubled down in a weird way they had a series Spread where mm-hmm. you go minus one and a half, minus two. I went minus two and a half, thinking the Nuggets were going to run four in a row off or three in a row off. Okay, and went it in five games. Yep, and it paid off at three and a half to one. Woof. Then my big bet. This was uh, this past Saturday night. Mm-hmm. DraftKings does the early buyout. You know they're trying to get you out of some of your bets. Yep, and they offered me like seventy percent of what my winnings would have been. So I took it, set the winnings aside, took the original bet, mm-hmm. and bet a two-game parlay. Is this the one with Djokovic? Yes. I took Djokovic, Novak Djokovic, to win the French Open mm-hmm. Sunday morning, and the Nuggets to win game five. I know that everybody had been saying, you go to all the you know, the ESPN, Fox Sports, yeah, yeah. Was, hey, this is going to be tough, the Nuggets are going to have it. And I thought, I think this is going to be a blowout. Now, I was wrong. It was a blowout. I thought it would be a blowout. It was right. closer than I thought. Yeah. But, and I give a lot of that credit to Jimmy Butler in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. especially. But I stuck to my guns on. Spolstra was good enough to get him a game. But also, I thought the Heat were just so tired yeah. from three rounds of seven games. And riding two guys the entire yeah. each yeah. of those series. And, but I will say, in game five, mm-hmm. um, Bam played spectacular. He did. He played great. Yeah. And then at the end, when they needed something different, Jimmy Butler finally found his shot and took over. And defensively, the Heat had an answer for that Nuggets high pick and roll. Right. And, you know, for me, unfortunately, um, I wasn't able to be at the game on Monday. I was in Wichita uh, watching the game at a bar. And I was watching it with the sound off. And our buddy, Mike, that I'm staying with, he was telling me it's, I said that I was bummed that I didn't get to hear the audio. And he goes, you know what? It's far better that you didn't have the audio on because they kept trying to push that the heat would 
come back and do it. And yeah. I mean, granted, that game started awful for the Nuggets. Yeah. It was sloppy, and it wasn't until that back half of the fourth that they really just yeah. tightened the screws. But even when the, the Heat were out playing mm-hmm. the Nuggets, the Nuggets were still playing good enough to take a lead. Yeah. And to establish lead. I will agree with you on the the the, the, the announcing. I thought Mike Breen had, and I usually like him a lot. Uh-huh. I thought he had one of the worst calls I've ever heard him call. Oh, really? I didn't think it was very good at all. Huh. Um. And usually I'm kind of wishy-washy on Van Gundy. Yeah. But I thought he was excellent. Okay. I thought he was excellent. Um, you know, some of the stuff that they've kind of pushed, the, the Van Gundy rules. Have you been seeing that during yeah. the finals? He's been trying to talk about the new rules he would put into the league. Right. Um, and I'll tell you the one rule they got to put in is they've got to figure out what to do about fouls when the offensive player makes contact. Oh, you mean the one where he kicked? Whomever in the nuts. When he kicked, Jimmy Butler kicked, um, I think it was Aaron Gordon. Yeah, in the nuts. In the nuts. And they wouldn't even reverse it. And you know where that comes from? Kobe Bryant created that. It's that fallback, I'm going to throw my foot in the air, and I'm going to get the offensive, I'm going to get the foul on you, but I'm creating the contact. But they changed that rule a few years ago, but... but... But star players are getting those calls still. And it was a horrible call. It could have cost... The Heat the game, or could have cost the Nuggets, Nuggets the game. For sure. The Nuggets uh, played extremely well that last minute and a half. Yep. Um, I was in the living room watching the game at the end, and the wife snuck the camera phone on me uh-huh. because I was standing up just nervous for that last two minutes and pacing back and forth because of the bet. So I did the same thing. I'm in the bar. It's a dive bar, you know... Hadn't seen Alex in maybe 30 years. And I was like, dude, I'm sorry. I need to stand up. And I just yeah. stood behind my bar stool for the mm-hmm. last two, two and a half minutes. Yeah, I literally was just like, yes. yes. <laughs> and when they had the, when they had the steal, Butler should be kicking mm-hmm. back over, the cutoff, the steal. Yeah. I was like, now it's all. Yeah. Boom, we got this. Yeah. And I said, we, I'm not a Nuggets fan per se, but my money was. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And it so. was... Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and and I just think it was a great series. It was a great. It really was a great series. Even yeah. though it was only five games. Yeah. You know, you had the game one blowout. Then you have game two. The Heat made a couple of adjustments. Yep. Especially defensively, and they take a game in dead. Yeah. Games three and four were pretty close, especially late in those games. Mm-hmm. I don't think game four was much in much in doubt, even though it was it got close near the end. Well, never put them away. And game three, they had the. Two triple doubles. So. Yeah, and then you look at Game Five. Then you know it was the Heat. I thought outplayed the Nuggets the first half. Oh, I think so. And in the third quarter, the Nuggets turned it on a little bit, but the Heat were still ahead. And then fourth quarter, here come the Nuggets, and you go, "Oh wait a minute! This is the team we've been warned about. This is this is here's the lockdown. We're here it is." For you. And then those last couple of last four minutes, Jimmy Butler thought he was Michael Jordan. Yeah. And played like it, frankly. Yeah. He did not want to lose. And it was great. So And then I, I don't know if you saw this the post game. You know, Lisa Salter had that whole thing at the beginning of the series <coughs> of the playoffs that she was like, Yeah, I haven't seen Jokic play in person yeah. ever. They the Nuggets crowd booed her at that beginning of the post game ceremonies. Yeah. 
And I hadn't seen that because I was at a bar and then I left yeah. to go back to my hotel room and Brady was showing me it yesterday and I was just like, oh, damn. Yeah. And, and I don't blame her for that. I mean, she hadn't seen them in person, but why? Because ABC and ESPN, they're not covering Nuggets home games. They're not sending that crew out to Nuggets home games. Which is great, but it also led to the idea that she hadn't bothered to watch the Nuggets. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't disagree with you. I, I look at it and say, well, if she says that I hadn't seen them in person, it's yeah. different than I hadn't seen them. Yeah. yeah so. I'll be interested to see what next season brings as far as scheduling TV games. I'll guarantee they get a Christmas Day game. Well, they've had a Christmas Day game for the last three seasons. Yeah. It's have they been the have they been the prime the first prime time one yet? They've been the eight thirty game. They've been that later game because we're in Western because, Conference. Yeah, and and usually they'll put the Warriors on first. Yeah, that'll swap this year. That'll be nice because I'll go to that game. <laughs> cool. Um, but I think the big thing on the Nuggets, talking about them real quick, is they won that title by being themselves. They did, and again, we've all learned how big of a KU homer I am. I went back uh, Tuesday and looked at the box score and saw that CB played like 24, 27 point, or minutes for the game. Didn't Had a block, a steal, you know, yeah. seven points, something like that. But they got back to some of that defensive ten- tenaciousness yeah. that it's just, it was so much well, basic. Yeah. What they, Fundamental stuff. And what I really mean by being themselves is even when they were down, they weren't out. Yeah. A lot of teams, okay, so every team that's tried to be that next level team the last five or six years, mm-hmm. they're all trying to be the Warriors. Right. We talked about this a lot during the season. They want to shoot threes and shoot threes, and no one can shoot them like the Warriors because they got, they got Curry. Sure. And he may be the second greatest shooter of all time. I'm not giving in to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, he... That's not how teams should be built. That's the anomaly. Right. The Nuggets said, okay, we're not going to build our team this way. We're going to build it with this big guy who, in, in, a, in an era now where people are saying the center is dead. Correct. Hey, this might be the best one we've seen all around ever. Correct. And, and, and it's wild. Yeah. Because he's, what, 27? 28, something like that, yeah. I mean, he's still marginally into his, just not into his prime. Exactly. The the other thing about that, he doesn't, they don't try to win with the three-pointer, and then also, they use the shot when they get an open look from extra passes. Yes. But they don't depend on it, and they don't use it to get them back into games. They get down 10 or 12 points, they're still working every possession they're still working in the yoke. They realize the offense plays mm-hmm. through him. Uh, it was one possession, I remember clearly, the late fourth quarter where they did make a three, but it was because three guys came in on the joker. Right. And he's like, okay, out here, boom, three. And, and Murray makes a three, and you go, okay, that's how, you, that's how you play the game. It's moving the basketball to get a good shot. It's not just an, it's not just an open shot. It's not just uh, – a lot of times, open shot isn't there. This is, Equal a good shot. Correct. This was a good shot. Well, and the team is truly unselfish. Yeah. No one cares what their stat line is so long as they win the game. Yeah. And so there's not that need. You don't have that struggle of people who need so many touches per game or need to control the ball or need to do anything. It's just about winning. Yeah. 
You live in Denver. You've yep. been on the Nuggets a little bit now. You've been how long? You've been a season ticket holder now. This is the first year. Um, this is the second first time I've done okay. it. Mike Malone coming into this season, mm-hmm. he really kind of had some. There was a bad taste in people's mouths about him as the head coach. Yeah. You know, they won. They got to the conference finals in the bubble. Yep. And the year prior to that. And they kind of they've taken a step back, and now, and it was the two years in which their best player is the MVP of the league. And they were without Jamal Murray for two seasons. Yes. Now they, they rode, they rode uh, Mike Malone. They let him stay the course. They let him put in mm-hmm. his vision for the team. And I think it really showed in his playoffs. I think his coaching in-game meant something. What I can see so often, we talked about this a lot, mm-hmm. that there are so few NBA coaches that their in-game adjustments or their in-game, how they behave and work with their team yeah. makes a difference. We saw what I think might be the best two coaches in the league right now. I mean, you've got – obviously, we've got uh, Pop is still out there. You know, Popovich is still great. He's a Hall of Famer. Sure. Right, he has he has nothing on the nothing in the cupboard right now. He's, right. He's about to get a big piece. Yeah. But I look at that and you go, hey, you look. And what I think Malone does better than everybody, even Spolster. Spolster, I think, is the best – Moving the pieces on the board. X knows guy. X knows. I mean, he's he's a fantastic guy. What I liked about Malone, he doesn't lie to his guys. No. Uh, there was the game in the conference finals where he literally yelled at his guys in the early third quarter. We saw the replay and they, they showed the you know they showed the the, the uh, sounds of the game. Yeah. He tells his guys, "You ain't the same team you were in the first half. I want that team back." I mean, we saw it immediately after game two. Yeah. He was just like, this was soft. They played like shit. Yeah. They and need to pull their heads out. There are some coaches that would lose their team doing that. Yeah. But he doesn't. And I think it's because he has empowered these players to play the way they can play and not try to fit into a system. I agree. And I think you've seen that a lot with Aaron Gordon, his transformation since being uh, picked up from Orlando. That he isn't the only scoring piece on the team. Yeah. So he can be his defensive player. He yeah. can, you know, lock anyone down that he wants to. But he can be a monster around the basket yeah. and do great things and then go walk around shirtless after the game with the people and yeah. be fine. Yeah. So uh, it's it's going to be fun. I mean, they've got this starting five locked in for the next two seasons. That's where I was about to go. I was going to say, okay, now when you have a championship team, it becomes there's this quandary. Mm-hmm. You got to keep your core together. Yeah. But then do you start adding pieces? And, and that's where I wonder the Nuggets is. See, every team is now looking sure. at how to get better. Yep. Every team is now chasing them. Right. You look at the Lakers. You look at anything else. Yeah. No. Okay. If uh, you look at these teams, they're going to start adding pieces. Now, with the Nuggets, does it upset the apple cart to try to add a piece or two um, with your your core you already have? Will they even consider something like that? I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, Mike and I were talking this morning, and he was just like, okay, the assumption is that Bruce Brown is gone mm-hmm. because his upside potential with other teams is just going to be too much. Yeah. And... Then you start looking at the draft picks that were picked up from OKC last week. It's, 
I don't know if there's another key veteran that necessarily comes in, yeah. but it's maybe some of the younger guys that they now have their core veteran set yeah. to build out around yeah. and to develop those guys. Yeah. Because I don't, I and you know this far better than I do as far as the cap impact yeah. and luxury tax and well, that kind of thing. Everything's changing with that as well. With, this new with CBA. the new CBA and the new rules going into effect, I haven't even got taken the time to, to go and learn this. As I understand that there's going to be, um, I, for lack of a better term, they're, they're tranches, basically, as yep. we say in the financial world. And there's going to be some stuff like that where you can spend on certain players and can't on others. Right. I don't know. I haven't studied that at all yet. I plan on the next few weeks taking a look at it. So Because they, the problem will be you've got a super max player. Yep. In the Joker, and then you and MPJ both have supermax contracts. Yeah, and then you got Michael. and I think does Murray have one? I don't know if Murray. You have to have been a All NBA at least third team one time. I think he might also have okay. a supermax. So then you have to figure all that in and figure out how you keep these players. So I do know that the new way is supposed to be able to help you keep your own players, as opposed to tricking the system to go get somebody. Okay, but. <clears throat> what we're going to see is that some of these older players are going to, instead of letting the system tr- get tricked, they're just going to take less money. Well, that's the thing. Like, I think, um, for instance, Bruce Brown, his would be as low as $6 million, Yeah. But he can likely go he, out and double. He's going to double his salary going somewhere else. And you can't blame a player for doing no, that. No, and he... he he has a ring. He's proven yeah. himself, that kind of stuff, which is great. It's with some of the new stuff with the CBA and <coughs> in this cache of draft picks, that's what I'm curious to yeah. see if they're trying to make some cheap moves now yeah. and maybe hold a couple of things for following seasons depending on upcoming yeah. prospects. Well, it looks like with the trade they just made during the finals yeah. with Oklahoma City, it was to, to acquire late picks, mm-hmm. which means to me, pardon me, it means that what they're trying to do is they're trying to acquire players cheap mm-hmm. they think have upside. Right. Even if it doesn't mean they can crack their lineup consistently, Throw them out there enough to where there's perceived value to use them down the road for other trades. Or for other, trading, yeah. yeah. And, and try to figure out and, and to figure out the cap now as well. Yeah. So it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how they keep this core together and then to see if they do decide to add pieces. Yeah, and I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast uh, with Doc Rivers that they did immediately after okay. Monday night's game. And even Doc was like, listen, the Western Conference now runs through Denver. Yeah. For the unforeseeable future. I agree. Yeah. It's going to be crazy, crazy. Yeah. So, um, I want to get off the finals. I want to talk about something that's non-sports related for a moment. We had a historical event happen this week. And, um, you know, for folks who are kind of new to the podcast, we've had a few new listeners this this last couple weeks. Uh, we don't do a lot of politics in here. We'll uh-huh. make some, some, we'll do some words here and there. <laughs> but if you need to know, I'm more left than right, and I think you are as well. Correct. Um, our former president, Donald Trump, has been indicted on 37 counts under the Espionage Act. Yes. Have you read the indictment yet? I've read the highlights of it. I've got the indictment pulled up on my phone. I've read half. 
Okay. I read a little bit while he lunch today. Um, who this is damning. How the pictures alone yeah. are damning. Um, I here's what I will say. Look, he's he's going to be found guilty. He, he's he's he, I don't think I don't know if he's going to jail, but he's going to be found guilty. I don't think that Biden um, gives him a pardon either. Oh God, no. I think that they're going to make some kind of a deal. He's going to flip on something else, and they'll give him no jail time, probably, or, or a limited jail time, or something. It's hard to put away a pre- a, an ex president for twenty years. Well, and he's yeah. seventy nine years old. Yeah. So, but what I wanted to get with this is. Some of these details are pretty damning. Yeah. And it also brings me to, I did watch a little more this, this past week, the Sunday morning stuff. I don't watch a lot of the Sunday okay. morning shows, but I did this past week because I wanted to see what people were going to say about this. And I also saw uh, Chris Christie's town hall on okay. CNN. And, boy, he came out swinging at Donald Trump. He's been swinging Donald Trump for the last. Now he he came four out years. and and I love the way he said this. Now look, I'm not a Republican, mm-hmm. but I, I'll say this to defend Chris Christie. He came out and said, "We as Republicans need to turn our back on this guy. We need to get rid. This guy is harmful to all of us." Well, even Bill Burr. Yeah. Bill Barr. Sorry, Bill, I always Bill Barr, do that. Yeah. Bill Barr has done the same thing. The former uh, Attorney General was like, "This guy's toast." Mitt Romney has come out this week on the same thing. Eh, Mitt's always been that. But. What I, I really think the Republicans need to do, and we, we see at the same time we saw Lindsey Graham was on uh, Not Meet the Press. What's the one with George Stephanopoulos? Uh, I know which one you're talking yeah. on ABC. Yeah, he's on yeah. George Stephanopoulos this week, and he tried to flip the question to be about Hillary Clinton, which is, of course, the what about is that the Republicans have been doing for years now. And what I, what I what the Republicans don't realize. They have an opportunity here. Hear me out. Did you give me that look like, what the fuck are you going on this? I, I'm curious. They have an opportunity to right the wrong. They have the opportunity to say, you know what? We were bamboozled. That really isn't who we are. And here's where they could come together and say, let's all denounce this shit. And let's get behind a new group of younger candidates. This is their chance. You understand that's never happening, right? No, I absolutely know it's not ever happening. The politicians, they themselves could do that, but the voters... That's true. That's the issue. It doesn't matter. And that's the issue, is that now, the Republicans let that that, that side, that Trump part of their people... It created a cult. It created a cult. It created a, a fringe in their side. Yeah. That now has to be heard from. They hit the emergency button. They realized there was a problem with the Republican Party. They were hemorrhaging people. They were hemorrhaging supporters. They hit the emergency button of play the race card. Yep. They used Trump to do it. Uh-huh. Thinking that his celebrity would be enough. Mm-hmm. Not realizing this guy doesn't give a fuck about anybody. We knew it from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Now, he screwed all of them. Yeah. This is the only chance they've got. And the only chance they got right now is to go pick somebody and to be and for everyone to line up and be vocal against this guy. And to tell even their right wing nut jobs, we can't take we we can't put up with you anymore. Yeah, it just won't happen. But this is the opportunity. Yeah, sure. It I 
I don't disagree that this may be the last opportunity for that cleave to happen, but it won't. And I, you know, it's, I think it's funny that, you know, Trump said that, oh, we've got, everyone's going to riot in the streets. We're going to have supporters everywhere in Miami. Nobody showed up. I mean, very few There was a handful. There were more reporters than anything else. I mean, it, the, the nut jobs were talking about they're going to go to the call to arms and this and that. And there was House representatives yeah. tweeting shit about it. Yeah. It's time to, as you just put it, cleave them off. It's time for them to make that decision and say, you're done. The same way that the Democrats really had to a couple years ago take their extra woke mob and say, y'all got to be quiet. Because there was a ring, or, or, or there was a force in the Democratic Party that was anti-Biden, because he was too old, he was too old school, yeah. he was too to the middle. The Democrats did a good job of saying, "Look, we understand what you're thinking, but we've got this bigger now. We got to go here now." Yeah. And it worked. He won. And and they did it the right way. The Republicans have a chance to do that. And they better do it quick. The thing of it is, but though, no, because they're too scared of the voters. Yeah. And I just, I, I, they're too scared of the small minority of people. Yes. And. And the thing of it is, is I think some of it's understandable. We now know the links Tell me about that. that certain groups within the MAGA movement will go to. Yeah. There will be violence. There will be threats. There will be all of this. And so, to some rationality of it, I'm like, okay, I get it. You're just, you're covering your ass. It's a CYA. You're saying what you need to say to make sure that you don't have pitchforks and, you know, fire coming after you. But, what I think is a core problem in our political system is that it's gotten so far away from doing the work of politicians Mm -hmm. and become a cult of personality that you forget that you're being elected to do a job. Yes, I agree with that 100%. People, politicians, our representatives in Washington have forgotten that they're there to represent us. Right. And now, and this this is not a new phenomenon, but it's something that's gotten worse. Yeah. In the last number of years. And that that cult, and there's a little bit on each side. There's, this right-wing cult, though, is just strange. It's harmful. It, it's harmful Where, to, to those that are in it. Yes. <laughs> and the people who are the, the, the far left aren't as harmful, though they're not as open to, new, to, their, to any ideas outside of their own. True, but, but they aren't living in a world of fantasy either. That's true. Yeah, that's what they're not as harmful to yeah. other people. So I look at it and go, well, again, this is where their opportunity lies. They're going to save their party. This is what it has to be. And it's it's not going to happen. And I don't think it does either. And God forbid, because this federal indictment is not going to get wrapped up before the 2024 election. Yeah. So, if assuming he wins the nomination because he is the favorite to win, yeah. 
What's next? I won't be surprised. Is DOJ going to take further action on stuff coming out of New Jersey from Bedminster? Because mm-hmm. it's got to be charged in New Jersey because that's mm-hmm. where the actions took place. Yeah. We've got the stuff going on in Atlanta yeah. on a state level. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's time for that cult to put away, put away their toys, go away, and for the betterment of everybody involved, keep it moving. I agree. Is he going to go to jail? No. I don't think he is. No. I don't think, I agree with you that I don't think Biden or, pardon me, any subsequent uh, Democratic president would uh, pardon him on any level. Yeah. Some deal would be struck, mostly because of not only the fact that he's a former president, but his age. Yeah. There's not going to want to be the look coming from the DOJ, that they're just going to, what people will say, jail a very old man because he took some papers out of the office. Yeah. Well, I will say for the very same people who will hide behind the idea of he's a very old man mm-hmm. are the same people that said that Biden was too old to be president. And they both are too old to be yeah. president. And, yeah, so if he's too old to be go, to go to jail, he's too old to be president. I fully agree. So, um, this next subject, back to sports. Basketball is over. We didn't cover a lot of hockey. Congratulations to the Golden Knights on winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Two um, first-timers, back-to-back days. And we've got, um, now we're in baseball season. I love baseball. And um, I noticed, I've been following it because I gamble too much. And um, in it, I've been betting on, I had a guy of a system that's been working a little bit for me. For the last few days. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, whoever the Royals are playing and whoever the Oakland A's are playing. And I parlay those two games together. And who are you picking to win such games? The, the opponents. Okay. You'll play, you just bet on the opponents. Uh, coming into this past weekend, the Royals, Kansas City Royals, have won 18 games. Oof. Coming into this weekend, the Oakland A's have won 15 games. Now, the Oakland A's are now 19 games. They've won seven in a row. Wow. Now, the Oakland A's, just so you understand, are like, they're doing the major league. (laughs) What I mean by that is they are purposefully being bad. They've traded every good player on that roster. They just just let go of a player that was their best hitter. Mm -hmm. They're purposefully letting people go and pieces go so they can be bad. So they can move Vegas. So they can move to Las Vegas. Now, this week... Nevada's um, house approved a $350 million loan or whatever they're going to give for their part for a new stadium that's going to be built oh, in Las Vegas. So nice that'll be taxpayers. Yeah, taxpayers are paying a bill out of the bill. Major League Baseball, of course, is going to pick up part of that bill. And then, of course, the A's are going to pay for that bill. Now, the A's have been owned um, by John Spencer for the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. He bought this team. They've been awful. Um, if you watched Moneyball, yeah. the movie Moneyball, he's the owner, the cheapskate owner in Moneyball. Yeah. Um, they haven't changed. They had, they had a couple of great seasons in the late 2000s mm-hmm. um, where the Moneyball system, what Billy Bean was doing, was working. Yeah. They really hung on to that idea. But they haven't perfected it the way the Tampa Bay Rays have. Tampa okay. Bay Rays yeah. are the Moneyball team. Right. And have won. Yeah. They've gone to the World Series. They've been consistently good. They're the best team in baseball right now. Yeah. Even though they've lost two in a row 
to that same Open A's team. They they won the first fifteen games. Yeah, they the they have the best record like in baseball. It's yeah. like they're 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 four games ahead in the toughest division in baseball. But where I'm going on this is with the recent success the A's have had, seven in a row. They've now passed the Kansas City Royals. And the Kansas City Royals, we recorded this on June the 14th, mm-hmm. which means this season has gone on for two and a half months. Yeah. And the Kansas City Royals have won 18 games. They're currently 18 and 49. Worst record in baseball. Yep. They've played 41% of their 162 game schedule. And they are in a 269 win percentage. Now, in the past, before this season, you had a balanced schedule, which meant that the unbalanced schedule, which meant right. you have to play your division a whole bunch. Yep. Royals would then play Minnesota, who's a first place team, and a good team. Mm-hmm. You'd have more games against Cleveland. You'd have more games against Detroit. Detroit's bad too. Mm-hmm. Um, more teams against who else is in that division with them? I'm forgetting one. Um, the White Sox. White mm-hmm. Sox are bad. Unless um, Dylan Cease is pitching. So you've got these, and they have Giolito as well. So they, two, the two games a week, they have, they have a chance to win. Yeah. The Royals roster is horrible. It is, you know, they traded Will Whit Merrifield. Yeah. They've got Salvador Perez, who I will argue is a Hall of Fame. Oh, absolutely, a thousand percent. I actually got a huge argument with somebody this past week about that. Uh, he's the best catcher in baseball the last 20 years. Uh, the only reason I'll put him ahead of Molina is he can hit better. Uh, but I do think he's a, he's the only piece. You got Bobby Witt Jr. at shortstop, who is a future star. The rest of his team's awful. And they're not getting any help. Royals have a new owner who is seems like he's singularly focused on a new stadium. He wants a new stadium in downtown, downtown Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. Which look, I've been for a downtown stadium for 20 years. I have no complaint. I think it's a great idea. However, I don't think he's going to get one. I don't think that the people in Kansas City are going to vote for these tax increases to get him a downtown stadium if they're going to play 269 ball. Well, that's the thing. If you don't have a product that you can actually showcase in a brand new ballpark or show any inclination that your farm system is bringing up more than Bobby Witt Jr., yeah. why in the hell would you want to raise your taxes to pay for the yeah. bonds? Why, why do Royals fans accept this kind of losing? Because it's been their entirety of the franchise. So I'm going to look, I'll pull some numbers here. I was on Baseball Perspectives earlier today, look, Baseball Reference, and looked at this up. Royals won the World Series 2015. 2014, yeah. they reached the World Series. Yeah. Um, 2016, they went 81 and 81. They haven't been 500 cents. Before 2015, they had, they'd been f- over 500 in 2014, 2013, barely, one game over 500. And then it goes back to 2003, which was a really good season for the Royals. 94, 93, 91. That's since 1990. How many times this Royals team, it's seven years, in the last 33, they've been over 500. Which is fucking ridiculous. Now... And glass, you know, the argument's going to be glass never wanted to spend any money. He did, he did. but he, he, here's the thing: the Rays don't spend money. The Cincinnati Reds don't spend a lot of money. They're good. Um, there's been other teams that have been successful 
that don't spend money. Mm-hmm. You know, the San Francisco Giants last year were a playoff team, had the best record in the NL. Yeah. They don't spend money. Why do the Royals have to be the one team that everyone says, well, they just don't spend money because their ownership sucks? But they got a new owner, and he's more willing to spend money, supposedly. But he's trying to fight for this new stadium. Why are Royals fans so accepting of this? If this were the Chiefs, they wouldn't do it. Because they had two seasons of sniff of playoffs since the 80s. Well, and that's the thing is that so you've got these two seasons where in 2014, 2015, Royals fans showed out. They did. And it was amazing. Hell, the Royals hosted the All-Star Game in 2012. I was there. There the whole weekend. And what amazes me is they'll put up with this amount of losing. They would never do this for the Chiefs. It tells me a couple things. One, Royals fans aren't baseball fans. And that's going to piss a lot of people off. But I also love the opinion, and if you listen to this podcast, you know mm-hmm. that I'm one of the people who have no longer am saying that I have to accept what my team does. Yeah. You know, we know what's going on with my, my team and the Saints, and I'm yes. just... I'm not willing to accept it. I don't agree with it, so I'm putting my foot down. I said I'm no longer involved with that. The Royals fans do that in a way. They don't go to games. No. Or when they do, they go in two hours. They go in and a half an hour late because they, they just drink in the parking lot. And they leave. They go to stay for the fireworks and they go home. Yeah, I mean, the Arrowhead K parking lot yeah. tailgate atmosphere. Is yeah. unique. Yeah. It, you know, it, baseball is not something you should. Baseball is a game. You know, I, if you old George Carlin, have you ever heard the difference between baseball and football? No. Oh, it's funny. Okay, so football is a sport, and it's a, it's like war. You know, it's a ground game where you're mm-hmm. trying to take over the enemy's area. Baseball is played in a park. It's very nice. It's very, and there's a certain amount of um, happiness involved with baseball. Mm-hmm. You go to the park and watch the game. Right. And you go to a Royals game. You know your team sucks. You know they're not trying, not the players from the field. You know the front office is trying hard. Right. There's nobody coming to write this ship. But you're just conditioned to mediocre. Yeah. Why put up with that? They don't know what else to do, I guess. Yeah. So I've never been a Royals fan. I've lived here since the early 90s. I've never been a Royals fan. I, you know, my family, my dad was from Boston. I grew up a Red Sox fan. Yep. I've stayed a Red Sox fan. There's been times where I've been upset with where they're going with stuff. But I go, and even right now, I'm going, what the fuck are they doing sometimes? But at least I know there's, I see some things and I go, okay, there's some bright spots. Uh-huh. You know, whether it's a couple of young players or this edition or that edition. Not everybody can be the Yankees or the Dodgers. And add big names. Sure. I'm not saying that the Royals ought to do either. But what I want to see is a team give a damn. I want to see where a general manager and an owner can come out and say, we've got a plan. Here's where our goals are. And this goes back to, we're talking about the NBA Finals. And um, Kroenke owns the Nuggets. And he said, Put this team together. We knew we would be here within the next few years. It does take some time. Sure. 
You don't have to like that guy or not. But what I'm saying is, there's a vision. Yeah, he wants to add his infinity stones. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but what I mean is that there's a vision with the team. Every most teams have that vision. Of how they want to build a team. It, They're not all going to be right. In certain teams, you look at it and go, well, I don't see what that how that vision is going to work. But with the Royals, it doesn't even seem to be a vision. Yeah, because after the 15 World Series, it was much like the Cubs did a couple years after the 2016 World Series. Mm -hmm. Broke up the band, and it was, okay, maybe... In in 2016, the Royals went 81 and 81. They have not been near 500 since. That core, talking about keeping cores together, that core of Perez, Moustakis, Gordon, Hosmer, Mm-hmm. They lost three of the four. Yeah. They like, kept Gordon until he retired. He was probably the most overrated of the four. Yeah, Low Kane. Low Kane, yes, that's five of them. Mm-hmm. Zach Grinke came and went, and now he's back. Yeah. But he's, you know, they kept him at the end of his career. Yeah. Um, I look at it and I just go, wait a minute. This franchise does not have a path where if you want to be successful in any endeavor, yeah. have a path. You gotta yeah. have a way to do this. The rudderless ship, so to yeah. Speak. I mean, they didn't have their float, hoping that someone comes along and saves. Right. And as good a young player as Bobby Witt is, and appears to be, he is not the the savior. The savior. I don't think there is one savior for this franchise, and there doesn't apparently appear to be anybody currently in the minors highly thought up enough, thought of enough, I should say. To bring in here and help break this ship. Yeah. This team's awful. And I don't know where they're going to start to get better. And that, for those fans who are actually bought in to the team, for the team, and seem to follow them high or low, that gives you no sense of joy. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know how you convince that ownership group to stop focusing on a new ballpark and say, okay, why don't we look at personnel and coaching first? Yeah. And I'm not even sure that the the manager of the team right now, that they're doing a poor job. I'm not even saying that. All I can say is that that's a triple-A team out there right now. Yeah, it's rough. If that. I did see where this week the general manager said that he's gotten phone calls about the availability of Salvador Perez, and it says he's not going anywhere. Um, look, boys and girls, he, he, he's the one person you can get something for. If, if a, I hate to say it, but if the New York Yankees or one of these American League East teams trying to catch the Rays want to call up and make you an offer for Salvador Perez, you got to take the call. Right. If... The Houston Astros are calling you saying we need help behind the plate. You know, somebody is going to need a catcher who could also DH. And I think that the Royals owe it to him to give him the opportunity to go somewhere and go have another chance to win. He's the second best player in the history of that franchise. Yeah. And in a franchise, frankly, in 50-plus years, has had one Hall of Fame. Yeah. They've had other guys who've come and gone who made the Hall of Fame late. But one career guy, which is Brett. Yeah. 
Nobody else is making a Hall of Fame for this team. And you look at Salvador Perez, you go, okay, this point, 10 years in, you got nothing that's going to take, keep this moving forward. It's going to make him think in the next three to five, you're going to get there. Let him have a choice. Because his body is just going to collapse. Yeah, he's 33 now. And the thing that's great, he still plays a high-level defense yes. as a catcher. Doesn't DH much. And so he's a value to somebody else. Yes. So the way I look at this, if you're the Kansas City Royals, you either have to trade Salvador Perez and get whatever you can get for him. And you've got to spend some money on scouting and fight. Robbie Witt dropped into their lap. Yeah. I mean, there was no doubt who he was the day he was drafted. you either got to do that. Or you have to say, damn it, we're willing to take a huge loss. And you got to go sign somebody in this next offseason. You've got to go make the three or four hundred thousand dollar, and I'm going to make a case for somebody. I'm going to make this case. The Royals cannot afford to do this, but they should. Okay. The Royals should call Shohei Otani and offer him a half a billion dollars. Wouldn't that be so amazing? But here's what you do. He's going to get near fifty million from somebody, whether yeah. it's the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Angels or someone. But it's going to be a half a, half a billion for 10 years. Yeah. If you're the Royals, you come in and say, all right, we can't do 10 years. But we'll give you 300000 for five. $300 million? $300 million for five. We'll take you to 60. We are going to lose money those five years. Sure. But we're serious about winning. And we want you to be the centerpiece of this. And we got a Hall of Fame catcher over here who can still hit. And we've got and, Bobby Witt. And we've got Bobby Witt. Now, we've got a couple of pieces. Mm-hmm. Because Otani's going to free agency. Oh, yeah. Even if he's traded in July, which I think he's going to be traded in July. Okay. The Angels are not good. They're going to get whatever they, they can. Have <laughs> well, and they can't, They know they're going to lose him. So they've got to, they've got to make a deal with the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. If I'm the Royals, this new owner, you got to figure out a way to get it done. You got to figure this thing out, and you got to go. All right, because the the complaint is always we don't have the money. We um, our our broadcasts, our local re- revenue isn't as good as the the Yankees and the Red Sox, and the and that's true. It's all I guess true. Valley sports sucks. Yeah, but it's not just that. And now that Valley sports has been taken over by by Major League Baseball, that's going to all change. Yeah. When you get to this point. Now, you've got to make a decision. It's just like a bit, any business. Either I'm going to be where I'm at, and I'm just going to be, I'm going to just act, try to act as efficient as possible, or I'm going to try to grow this thing. You have to have a product that people want to see. Yeah. And what do I have to do? Now, again, I'm arguing Shohei Otani, and that's not going to happen. Sure. But three years ago, it was Bryce Harper. Right. Who would have taken more money to go on anywhere? Yeah. He took the longest deal. Okay, find who that guy is. If it's not Shohei Otani, if it's Mookie Betts or Freddie Freeman or whomever is going to be your friend, those two guys aren't. But the next free agent, we got to find a way to make this happen. And let's bring in 
the biggest fucking name we can get. And I don't mean this is, and, and people will say, well, they've spent money on free agency before. No, they've spent money from the 90s to 2000s, 2010s on third tier, fourth tier free agents. I'm talking about, I want the number one or number two guy on the fucking list. Well, and it's it's part, it's almost similar to what the Cubs started doing in the early aughts, I guess. Yeah. You know, by signing these huge free agent deals and just getting that one name to try to spark anything. It can't be just one name. It's got to be the one name plus some other pieces. Right. And, and, you know, and then there's a lot of people who argue, well, look at the New York Mets. The New York Mets have gone and said as much as they can. And they're not very good right now. They that, also lost Pete Alonso for God knows how and, long. And they've lost Diaz for the season. Yeah. And they bullpen, your closer. But when you look at that, you go, okay, well, wait a minute. They're still filling up the stadium every day. Mm-hmm. Royals fans showed. You put a product in the field to show up. They will. They'll have good ratings if you put a product on the field. Kansas City, this whole area yeah. wants something. Do you know who the highest selling Royals jersey is? I mean, I would assume it's Brett. It's not. Is it Salvi? It's not Salvi. Who is it? It's not Bobby Witt. The best selling Kansas City Royals jersey is Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Since he's got ownership. Yep. Since he has a small piece of the ownership. Yeah. He's got like a 2% stake in the, mm-hmm. of the team or something like that. That tells you all you know about the team. You know? The Houston, Reggie Jackson was part of the Houston Astros. They ain't selling his fucking jersey. That's because Reggie Jackson's old. And yeah, but I mean, you see what I'm saying? They're not, they don't have to. Yeah. Go get players. You don't have a good farm system. All right, that blame it on Dayton Moore and those guys. Yeah. And frankly, I would. Those guys did a piss poor job. Bobby Witt fell in their lap. Everyone knew who he was. You know, this is the team that drafted Bubba Starling. <laughs> and why they do it? Why they did? It? Because they wanted to win the press conference. Yeah. And he's a local kid and this and everything else. Yeah. Where's he at? Yeah. And that's not a knock on him. It's just saying that that was the wrong guy at the wrong time, the wrong place, and everyone knew it at the time. Mm-hmm. It, it's time. It's time to change up how you're doing everything. You got new ownership? You want a downtown ballpark? Show me something. Yeah. Show me that you have the product that yeah. deserves. Yeah. If not, you're going to be sitting there at 18 and 49 again this time next year. And how do you think I'm going to vote for your downtown ballpark then? Hell no. We were talking last night at my house. We were watching the end of the hockey game. Yeah. And when it got stupid, when they scored yeah, like when six it was, goals, it was, yeah, yes. it was six goals in the last two in the last two uh, periods. So they scored the ninth goal. We're talking, literally nine three. We're talking, and I said something about, you know, the Coyotes are moving. You know, yeah. they're leaving Arizona, and they're likely to end up in either Houston or Atlanta. That's what I'm hearing. But, but T-Mobile Arena. T-Mobile Arena sitting there, and I joked. I said. If the right people, and we've talked about it already, Patrick yeah. Mahomes, get your group together. Go get that team. Because they can afford it. That's going to be the cheapest team you can get in American sports right now. Oh, for sure. Even after the Senators, Ottawa Senators just sold for just under a billion dollars. Yeah. But that team's going to go for super cheap. Yeah. Comparatively. 
You get them here. I said to my wife, I said to Jen, I'll buy season tickets. Well, you said that. I'll buy. Yeah. Give me a product. I'll buy you tickets. Yeah. If the Royals put a good team out there, I go buy tickets. Now, it's harder to buy 81 games. But I'll buy a 40-game packet or a 20-game packet. I mean, hell, it's hard for me to buy a 41 NBA season ticket. But I did it. Got to go to two finals games. Yeah, Yeah, give me the opportunity of of seeing something worth seeing. And I'll give you the opportunity of my business. 100%. Until then, I don't want to hear any whining. I don't want to hear any bitching. Don't ask for your fucking downtown ballpark. Until you show me something. I don't disagree. So, that's my soapbox today. <laughs> Before we get out of here, one last thing. I want to thank DraftKings for being our sponsor again this week. Uh, hey, if you get a chance, if you haven't been on there, I know the NBA Finals are gone, the NHL Stanley Cup, but there's a great new one here. On DraftKings, you know you put your first deposit in, your first $5 bet, you're going to get $150 in free bets. All you got to do is use the link in our show notes. Also, a quick little bonus that's out there right now for everybody. Major League Baseball, you get a two-run lead in your game. If you play a money line, you get the early win. It's limited to $10 per bet, but it's a great way to get down on your team. If you're a Royals fan and maybe they get lucky enough to go up two runs, you get paid if you bet on them on the money line. So check that out. Check out DraftKings. We thank them for everything they do here on the Coach Bonos podcast and for their continued sponsorship with us here. I also want to thank, as we get out of here today, I want to thank uh, Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox, for all they do behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Uh, most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Hey, my Spotify people, I got a little word from a friend of mine this week that we're not rated very well on Spotify. We need some rankings so people can find us. So if you got a chance, help us out. If you're on Spotify, you're listening to us, give us a shout. Give us a five-star review so others can find us as well. And until next week, I'm Coach Bo Brian O'Connor. It's Ellen Wingenter. Have a great weekend. Remember, your time tokens are non-refundable. Take care, everybody.